section ninety of norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume eight norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles edited by eva march tappan section ninety the eskimos and their ways from the cornhill magazine everybody knows what manner of creature an eskimo is the strange infidel the like of whom was never seen read nor heard tell of as stout martin frobisher describes him from morning to night under my window in jacob Shaven, kirk uh, in nearly seventy degrees north latitude there stands a group of the queer little folks fur-clad from head to foot good-naturedly grinning at our small witticisms in very bad greenlandish until the dirt cracks into huge asterisks on their brown globose good-humoured cheeks all the children have their hair in their eyes and their hands in the pockets of their ragged mangy-looking skin breeches it is summer-time and their toes protrude through their seal-skin boots without fear of frost-bite no sooner do they devour their rather more than modicum of the blubbery seal which their father has killed in his skin kayak than they hurry over the bleak lichen-covered rocks with flowers and ferns and creeping things on the chance of a skilling or a biscuit from the nalagak tuluit the big englishman and they will scramble amid the snow and slush with merry shouts for the smallest coin thrown out to them kayanke kayanke thank you thank you the fortunate one shouts the last syllable echoing from behind the rocks for young greenland is off to herr mersch's the trader to buy lump sugar then there are the women some of them good-looking enough when clean and tidy as for the old ones they are so hideous that i do not at all wonder at some of old frobisher's sailors pulling the boots off one of them to see if her foot was not cloven after the fashion ascribed to the evil one there is now very little pure eskimo blood in danish greenland fair hair and blue eyes are just about as common as black hair and black eyes everybody however dresses a la eskimoiska man woman and child blonde or brunette the woman's dress is not at all inelegant and is much more suited to the climate than would be european garments in the winter all is fur but in summer time a little lighter and more varied raiment is ventured on the round hooded jacket is made of check calico tartan silk or even blue velvet fur-lined made rather short to show the white chemise beneath it would no doubt be warmer to have it a little larger but then fashion sways as much in greenland as in europe and the arctic bells would rather shiver and catch cold than disobey its dictates then the trousers are of sealskin striped with eider ducks necks or ornamented with little strips of the curious skin embroidery so much affected among these people the boots are the grandest of all the articles of wardrobe and are made of dyed sealskin leather some of them have regular tops like a pair of hunting boots 
and between the foot of the boot and the top is a piece of white calico often embroidered so that the general effect of red and green boots and calico embroidery when collected in a mass on some rocky point as you sail in a greenland fjord is sufficiently striking a white nun-like scarf is sedately folded round the neck and over the breast and the hair is twisted into a top-knot doubled upon itself and tied with a piece of coloured ribbon now this constant pulling up of the hair to the top of the crown is apt to result in a circlet of baldness to conceal this defect the greenland coquette from eight to eighty folds a handkerchief generally of black silk round her head finishing off with a fancy knot in front this knot is pinned on and like the ladies chignon in europe is a hollow sham lined with all sorts of rubbish such as old rags and clippings of seal skins the colour of the ribbon with which the knot is tied denotes the condition of life of the wearer when unmarried it is pink when married blue if a widow in service it is green with gold if a widow at home black the description of seal used for dress is also of importance the smooth model cassagiac foca betulina being most highly valued for this purpose when a greenland pyramus would grow in favour with his thisbe instead of bijouterie he presents her with what she values rather more albeit she is not insensible to the charms of trinkets a dappled sealskin to make her a pair of trousers some of the young fellows are stalwart handsome fellows and the admixture of danish blood shows itself in the features the nose especially that organ in the regular eskimo being merely a flattened tubercle meandering on either side of his cheeks in an expanse of nostril let us look in on what the english voyagers jocularly call the lieutenant-governor his duties are really more those of a country shopkeeper's assistant than anything else hair assistant he is called in the settlement in the books of the government he is styled a volunteer though why he should be so called it is hard to say as he receives pay though certainly that is small enough he is at present in the shop of the settlement very busy but yet with leisure enough to smoke the biggest of big pipes merchanting he assures us is strong work he has absolutely toiled three hours to-day he has just sold three skillings worth of soft soap to an old woman and six skillings worth of coffee to a small boy and is now putting up some eider-down for herr pastor the new missionary who has just arrived with the havals fisk every officer and missionary coming out for the first time is entitled to forty-eight pounds of uncleaned eider-down at six shillings per pound and two bearskins for a sleeping-bag at the country trade price of five rigs dollar troops of little boys and women drop in and out for the shop is only open so many hours a day and there is no opposition if you are not pleased with your purchase you will be always most politely told to go to the next shop which is in reykjavik in iceland or possibly moose factory in hudson's straits covet or coffee notwithstanding its high price seems to be the article chiefly in demand whatever else may be wanted covet must be had and to procure this a woman will allow her children to go about like half-skinned seals and her husband to want the most common necessaries no spirits being allowed to be sold the natives take coffee instead and to such an extent that it has been not inaptly styled the curse of greenland for a family to consume one and a half pounds per diem 
is no uncommon extravagance and the polite little traitor turns to his books and shows me that some families when in luck the father having killed a white whale or many seals will use as much as five pounds of coffee daily half of this is wasted in the preparation the green beans are roasted in a pot or on a flat stone until they are charred black they are then smashed up with a stone in an old leather mitten without fingers until they are roughly bruised when they are thrown by the handful into water and boiled for some time the result is a liquid black enough in all conscience with half beans floating about in it and very bitter but it is strong and that is the main thing a bit of candied sugar is taken into the mouth and the coffee is sipped the sugar meantime dissolving and imparting a certain degree of sweetness to the bitter liquid this is drinking coffee a la grand landis but practice is required to accomplish it satisfactorily for the sugar will slip down without the coffee and the coffee without receiving its proper saccharine addition hair assistant asks a hulking-looking greenlander standing at the door with his hands in his pockets why he is not out seal hunting for independently of his regard for the welfare of the natives hair cola is directly interested in the produce of the hunt he gives a growl and replies i've had no covet to-day and then as if correcting himself besides there is a hole in my kayak and my boy is not well and but the real truth was no covet just as i am talking to him a little boy who is working for me begs a few skillings on account as he is out of covet and finds it impossible to get along without his accustomed beverage then arrive two brothers from a distant settlement with blubber and skins which net nearly two pounds what do they buy some bread some butter some tobacco a little powder and shot the rest all goes in coffee and sugar the butter is of course quite in their way my friend the schoolmaster of christian's hob is rather fond of thanks or the refuse of the blubber and butter a rather greasy dish however the traditional blubber eating of the natives is so far as danish greenland is concerned rather mythical blubber is too precious for winter light and heat to be rashly expended as food and accordingly we find that they use it but rarely and only as we would use fat to lean meat the shop itself is about as dirty a little shop as could be imagined containing everything which could possibly be required for use either among the danes or eskimo all heaped up in confusion they the greenlanders are very humorous people fond of little rough jokes and most communicative and pleasant with those whom they like and trust but they are very little to be depended on and are curiously vacillating and fickle however if they once decide not to go anywhere with a person whom they despise or dislike no bribe will tempt them to change their determination though on the other hand even if you are a favourite it is not altogether certain that they will really go with you until you are fairly outside of the place the only way to secure them is to advance a little of their pay beforehand they are never known to break a contract of this nature but then they must have their own way and to pass a trading post without sleeping and drinking covet would be an innovation unheard of in greenland on all sides you would be told that it was impossible they are fond of ridiculing the europeans indeed this forms their principal amusement in the winter any little peculiarity in person manner or conduct will be instantly noted within a day of your arrival the result is that no european in the country is known by anything but some sobriquet sometimes not over complimentary one of the governors who has a remarkably prominent nose is called kringalik 
the nose another tolgak the raven from his dark complexion the third pitted with the smallpox is known as cheese rind ball the naturalist was known by a word which signifies the diligent catcher the name being applied in derision of his entomological and botanical researches and not in admiration of his ability to catch seals of which indeed he caught none one of our party being a little stout man was called at one place apelier soak the little auk or rotgee and at another settlement he used to be known as the peddler hair a being a collector of all sorts of eskimo curiosities while another foreigner who did not impress the people much with his wisdom is remembered as pitlokiak the weak-minded man or fool the present writer was first called yusuk the bearded seal and finally settled down as being the tallest man of the party into nerker soak great muscle nerke flesh soak great they are very fond of a name which by a slight twist of the tongue can be converted into a double entendre as many eskimo words can be several only differing slightly in the sound though with an entirely different meaning of course you are the last man to know of your own name among themselves they are not a whit better ask a native his name and he will hesitate to tell you if it is very good his modesty will keep him from mentioning it but if it is the contrary his shame will equally act as a barrier to your acquiring the desired information in reality very vain and great braggarts they are affectedly modest when speaking of themselves or their property would you lend me they would say your fine large kayak as my miserable thing has got a hole in it in every district or two the government appoints a parson and all the natives are nominally christians and are baptized married and buried after the lutheran fashion the priest comes round when he has time and marries them in batches a certain dispensation being allowed in the meantime and a refusal to complete his engagement being perfectly unknown on the side of the male lover the lutheran missionaries are supported by the government and come out for a term of years greenland falling to the lot generally of the least brilliant of the theological licentiates of copenhagen university the moravians the celebrated unitas fratrum of herrnhut in germany also have missions in south greenland but they are not allowed to stretch farther north than sixty-five degrees and it is only recently that they were allowed to baptize and marry they are a self-denying set of men and women but much too austere for the greenlanders temporal welfare round a moravian settlement the natives are generally a miserable ragged set of wretches attendance at church three times a day allowing of little time to attend to seal-catching the danes though they bring out stores to them yet do not like them the proverbial professional hatred not being starved even out of greenland and moreover the hernhushans are germans there is not now a real healthy pagan in danish greenland hans hendrik's smithsound wife so celebrated in dr hayes's narrative being the last but shang whose pretty daughter whose love episode poor cain has told us all about is now settled down at proven a regularly christened woman occasionally a wandering savage or two comes round cape farewell from the east coast from unknown lands only a few years ago some came to piamluk declaring that it was two years since they had left their homes in the far north somewhere near the pole doubtless such windfalls are however soon pounced upon by the nearest parson and baptized nolans wolans under the name of peter or jens or hans and a most gushing description of his conversion instantly dispatched by the next ship to the danska missionaire tidska krift the last real pagan however was an old fellow who lived up at upernavik in seventy degrees north latitude 
when asked to be a christian he would slap his broad chest and shout in a voice as if from a drum why should i be baptized i can provide for my family i don't hang on the whites like the baptized greenlanders and so a pagan lived and died this representative man every sunday there is service in the little wooden church the men sitting on one side and the women on the other the priest is a sight for gods and men clad in his sealskin trousers and boots with a dogskin jacket the collar of which peeps up above his high lutheran ruff services in eskimo as are also the sweetly sung hymns an eskimo plays the organ very well indeed while the congregation intone out some such hymn as the following etc on a summer morning when it is in session there issues through the cracks in the church door an unmistakable odour of ancient seal the church wall seems to be a regular place for hanging up all sorts of implements of the chase for instance there is a musket or two hanging in the corner some paddles harpoons and seal lines all on the outside it seems as if some of old pliny's hyperbore had hung up their arms on the walls of the temple of neptune in gratitude for their escape from shipwreck end of section ninety this recording is in the public domain